If you're looking to maintain peak brain health, I'd like to introduce you to a cutting-edge new brain support formula from my friends at Thorne, Cinequel. If you're recovering from a head injury or play contact sports, you should pay special attention. Cinequel is formulated with the best research nutrients that support healthy brain structure and cognitive function. Cinequel's active ingredients help maintain cellular energy production, encourage a healthy balance of inflammatory cytokines, provide energy to fuel the nerves, support neurotransmitter production, and help protect against oxidative stress. It's available in two strengths, Cinequel for everyday maintenance and Cinequel Plus, which provides higher amounts of certain nutrients for shorter-term post-impact support. For more information and to purchase Cinequel, just go to drhoffman.com slash thorn. There, you'll also find some of my other favorite thorn products. That's drhoffman.com slash thorn for the essential nutritional brain support formula, Cinequel. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions. Today, I'm with Layla Mutin because it's our Q&A with Layla. And together, we answer your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. And uh, it's a little bit... Uh, we're, I'm suffering for a little light deprivation because yeah. uh, I have a circadian rhythm where I wake up at 6.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could be a little off. It could be 6.32 or uh, 6.27. Okay. But it's right, I mean, my circadian, and it's, yeah. and it's now pitch dark because it's, yeah. we're getting to that time of the year where it's getting yeah. towards the, the winter solstice, mm-hmm. the darkest time of the year, which is December 21st. The reassuring mm-hmm. part is that while it's going to get colder, generally January, February, yeah, the days are going to start gradually getting gradually longer. Gradually getting longer. Yeah. I always look forward to that yeah. when they start getting yeah. longer. You know, those, even those cold crystal days where there's a lot of yeah. sunlight. So, uh, you know, I have a, you have an SAD light? No. Okay. I have an SAD light. Okay. And, uh, and SAD is not standard American diet. No. It's seasonal affective disorder. Right. right? Thank you. Both okay. are sad. Sad. Both yeah. are sad. But, uh, you know, the, I, so I turn the light in the morning uh-huh. and I start, you know, reading the paper, you know, which is on my iPad, you know, so I get a little light in my eyes. But, uh, so this morning before work, mm-hmm. before coming here, See, patients tend to do this. Uh, you know, I have a walk of about a mile, so it's like a 20-minute walk. But I, I wanted to work out before. And usually, you know, it was kind of cold, so I decided to duck into the gym for, uh, you know, my morning mm-hmm. workout and, you know, a run and some other exercises. And uh, But I, it was so sunny that I said, you know, it's been so dark and gloomy these past few days. A lot of rain, a lot of clouds. I decided to take a walk mm-hmm. with the sun in my eyes. Nice. At like about 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. And that is really a nice, uh, it's what the Germans call a Zeitgeber, ah. which is a time giver, mm-hmm. which sets your circadian rhythm. Very Getting nice. sunlight in your eyes is very important. There are a lot of people talking about these days. So it's an important, it's kind of like a vitamin. <laughs> you got to open up the blinds yeah. in the morning, yeah. open up the curtains and get the sun in your face. It'll help your mood. It'll help your, yeah. it'll actually help your sleep because yes. it will set your circadian rhythm. Uh, that is, if you turn off your devices at a certain time later, because yeah. they'll keep stimulating you with light mm-hmm. later in the day. Mm-hmm. But you want that light in the morning to stimulate you, to raise your mood. Yeah. And uh, you're not going to get any vitamin D because it's too late in the season to no, get vitamin No, you got to take your supplement. Yeah. 
but a little bit of sun in your eyes, you know, maybe not looking directly in the sun, but when the sun's Absolutely. low in the horizon, you can look towards it because it's going through a lot of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It's not going to burn your cornea uh, or your retina. So uh, did that. Uh, before we get to questions, we have a lot of questions today. Mm -hmm. uh, I shared with you, I got very ambitious, and I wrote next week's article for the newsletter, uh -huh. which you, by the way, subscribe to the newsletter because you get a lot of great free content by yours truly, and you as well write yeah. very interesting articles. It's free. It comes in your inbox. Uh, last week, I wrote about fatty liver disease. I mm -hmm. hope you look at that. I hope you got it in your uh, this week or, or will be getting it. Mm -hmm. uh, or you can go to the website and read about fatty liver disease. Ne this next week, uh, I wrote about, and uh, have you heard about the study uh, that was the twin study, kind of an ingenious study, mm -hmm. where they looked at, uh, they found a bunch of pairs of twins, mm -hmm. and they put one twin on a vegan diet, and they put another twin on what's called an omnivore diet. Right. Now... Uh, omnivore, omnivore meaning they're eating not just produce, but they're also right. eating some meat. Yeah. Right. But, you know, what they... Look, the agenda was to show how beneficial the yeah. uh, diet, the, the vegan diet was. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the headlines about this study reflect that. Uh, and I'll, I'll share some of them with you. Uh, the... Uh, one one website touts rare study on identical twins confirms vegan diets broad health boost, mm. which the study didn't really do, but it it, it misrepresents it. Right. Um, there's another uh, headline from IFL Science. Do you know what IFL stands for? No. I effing love science. <laughs> But it's a popular website for, you know, like pop science kind of things. And, it, and the, the headline there is, Identical Twin Study Reveals Something We All Secretly Knew About Vegan Diets. When it comes to cardiovascular health, there was a clear winner in vegan versus omnivore. Okay. Wow. Another headline says, Identical Twins Tried Plant-Based and Omnivore Diets. The vegans were biologically younger and healthier in just eight weeks. That's from... Yahoo Life. Uh-huh. You know, I guess mm -hmm. Yahoo, one of those kind of failed, uh, you know, uh, websites, you know, popular in the early 2000s. They now continue, a, I guess they continue the brand as uh -huh. Yahoo Life. Maybe somebody bought the name. Maybe. Okay, anyway. Um, so, we, there's some problems with the study. I mean, look, there's some advantages to the study because a lot of these studies mm -hmm. will, you know, for example, we see these studies that meat is bad for you. Mm. Oh. But what they do is they do what is called a retrospective or observational study where they yeah. go back and they ask people, what did you eat? Did you eat a lot of this or a lot of that? And they, they fill in logs or questionnaires. Mm -hmm. And the recall is very poor. And people conceal things or they exaggerate things or they virtue signal yeah. and or they forget. They simply forget. Yeah. And they so they're not very accurate. Uh, and so the other problem is... You know, and we, we criticize these studies because it, it is, I think there are many studies that show that a vegan or vegetarian diet is superior to a diet that includes lots of meat. Mm. But generally, the people who eat a lot of meat, they also do a lot of other unhealthy things. Yeah, they're eating a lot of bread and a lot of fries and a yeah. lot of cake and drinking beer and smoking. They're, and they're less careful in general. Yeah, yeah. They're they sedentary. May, they may be, you know, but like a, a strict vegan is maybe very obsessed with healthy lifestyle yeah. and doing a lot of healthy things. So yes, they're healthier. Is it because of the diet? In part, but maybe because of all the other things they're doing. So this yeah. is called the healthy user bias. Mm -hmm. And it plagues this kind of research. So it does. So in this study, 
they don't use a retrospective model. They use a prospective model. In other words, mm -hmm. they take the people and they have them go on one of two paths, either omnivore or vegan. Now, you can yeah. criticize it's only eight weeks, but they're saying such spectacular things happen in eight weeks. Yeah. They also, by using a twin model, they... Uh, and these are identical twins. Identical twins. Yeah. So you can't say... You know, if, if I said, look, I'm going to go on a vegan diet and you're going to go on an omnivore diet. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a look at you at the end. Uh, we could say, wow, I'm so much healthier. But maybe it's genetic and, you know, you're a different right. person. Right. And, you know, but if you were my identical twin, mm -hmm. we cannot say, oh, oh it's, it's different genes. strokes for different folks. Yeah. It's we are identical. Yeah. So that. That's, that's actually a, a nice feature of this particular particular study is that they're they're identical twins. Right. So. And, and by the way, just Genetic historical note: is going to be uh, Joseph Mengele, you know, the the mm -hmm. the butcher of Auschwitz, you know, the, the horrible doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, he loved twin studies because he would take one twin and subject them to some horrible thing, put them in a decompression chamber, and you know, reduce the oxygen to, to negligible, comparing them to another one to control. Horrible Whoa. historical foot, uh, footnote, but twin studies are valuable because they get rid of the genetic yeah. argument. You know, yeah. that is that it genetic particular confounder. Yeah. Confounder, it's right. a confounder. Yeah. So anyway, so they do this study, and the result was in eight weeks, mm -hmm. the LDL of the individuals on the, uh, vegan. on the vegan diet went down dramatically. I think like twenty twenty five percent, and the. Uh, Insulin, which is an important, we like to look at insulin, we do. fasting insulin, yes. because high fasting insulin is predictive of metabolic syndrome, and the insulin went down yeah. uh, significantly, like 20% in the vegans. Mm -hmm. Now also, mm -hmm. in terms of weight loss, mm -hmm. there was uh, significantly more weight loss with the vegans, and so the vegans lost like over, you know, four pounds. Yeah. You know. In just eight weeks, which is not a bad weight loss for an yeah. eight-week program. One could argue, and they sidestepped this possibly because they could have said, "Well, let's compare a vegan diet to like a you know a omnivore diet. Could be like a sad diet. It means yeah. like eat whatever you want." But both diets were pretty clean. They were. They they had them eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. Right. The, uh, omni the people on the omnivore diet did a healthy did very diet. well too. Yeah. The vegan group did a little bit better. better. Right. So the, the omnivore diet was healthy. Yes. Lots and there was no red meat and there was no processed foods. Right. Uh, ultra processed foods. Right. No no junk. No a lot of sugar. Uh, they both had plenty of fiber, fruits and vegetables. Okay? Yeah. But the uh, vegans had more because mm -hmm. you, you, by the nature of the diet, you're going to have more. That, that's what you yeah. have more to eat of. So, um, one little problem mm. is, okay, the vegans lost more weight, mm -hmm. but the diets were not matched isocalorically. Yes. So it wasn't. It was. It could be. That is simply a matter of a vegan diet. You have less choices. Your diet's more restrictive. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're chewing, chewing, chewing. And, and yeah, exactly. You're chewing a whole lot. <laughs> and it's not as tasty. It's a lot of volume. It's not as tasty. So they yeah. let the omnivores uh -huh. have, you know, some dairy products, maybe some cheese, yeah. maybe some butter. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they didn't, they had like it, tastier food. So they ate more. They ate more. Right. So right. they didn't lose as much weight. Yes. So that in, could have, 
that could be the, the whole thing here. That's right. Yeah. That alone is, is one of the limitations right. of this. So we also, you know, in the article I make the point that, like, is LDL the be-all be and end-all of longevity? Because from a cardiovascular standpoint, it is demonstrably true that if you have somebody who has arterial blockage or has had a heart attack mm -hmm. or a stroke, that lowering LDL mm -hmm. with a statin or other drugs is helpful. But for an ordinary person who is otherwise healthy, maybe not, you know, we shouldn't be putting statins in the drinking water. True. And in fact, I cite a couple of studies that show the ideal LDL mm -hmm. for longevity, not cardiovascular, but just to live but long, for longevity. is by various estimates 130 or 140, which is well above yeah. the guidelines for cardiovascular prevention. Which speaks to what the older research has found that those people who live well into their 80s and 90s have a total cholesterol of about 250 or 238 yeah, to especially women like especially, especially women, women. Yeah, I, yeah. I see this in you know in in uh, uh, you know uh, octogenarians <laughs> and yeah. septuagenarian women have a very high cholesterol sometimes 270 280 290 mm -hmm. but a very high HDL and and I want to throw another little wrench into this cholesterol conversation you don't want to be somebody of that age and have a total cholesterol of less than 160. And the reason for that is it's a risk factor for cancer. Yeah. There, I said it. Right. I just opened a can of worms for all of you cholesterol obsessed. And it may be a risk factor for cognitive decline. Yes. Or, but by the way, you know, you could argue like, okay, in these studies, what if you have like a really sick person, you know, like a person who can't eat, they're nauseous all the time, they've got, you know, they're really sick and feeble, and they're going to have a low cholesterol. So yeah, they're going to die younger. But what they did is they actually controlled for the variable of various types of diseases that would lower LDL. Certain diseases uh -huh. can lower LDL. Mm -hmm. So they actually took healthy people yeah. with low LDL and compared it to healthy people with high LDL. Mm -hmm. And they found that over time, both high LDL, mm -hmm. and very high LDL, not good, and very low LDL, not good. But yeah. the sweet spot, because it's what's called a U-shaped curve, U -shape, yes. where, where the mortality is at the bottom of the U, the least mortality yeah. or the least... Uh, uh, the, the greatest longevity. The greatest longevity is the 130, 140 range for LDL right there. Yeah. So anyway, the so, dip of the so big deal. They, they lowered LDL. Yeah. Is it good from a cardiovascular standpoint? Maybe that's a good diet for cardiovascular. But guess what? If any diet that's going to make you lose a lot of weight mm -hmm. is going to be helpful mm -hmm. because you could say just eat food that is yellow. And you know you would uh -huh. you, you could eat butter, but you could you, there's a whole yes. lot you couldn't eat. You're restricting your diet, yeah, yeah, and that would cause some weight loss, and that's good. Here's the other problem, though. Mm -hmm. The guy who did this study, and you know he's basically a good guy. I've actually quoted some of his studies in the past, but he works at an outfit called. This is uh, Dr. Gardner, Christopher Gardner, mm -hmm. MD. Uh, mm -hmm. He uh, did a. He did a study on, on uh, uh, nutrigenomic testing to determine which diet people should be on. Concluded the nutrigenomic testing did not predict mm. whether people would lose more weight or improve on one diet or another. Okay. So I, I quoted that, that uh, article. I thought it was interesting. Well, uh, 
he is an accomplished nutrition researcher, but he has an agenda. He's he's put out YouTubes that caution against the keto diet. That's a bias. Yes. Uh, they also he also suggests that protein is overrated. So it's not like don't eat, don't go for high protein. He himself is a former vegan, and he adheres to a plant based diet. But wait, there's more. Um, he is director of the Stanford Plant Based Diet Initiative, which mm-hmm. has which has authored this study. Yeah. Their website discloses Gardner is director of the Stanford Plant-Based Diet Initiative, which was made possible by a generous gift from Beyond Meat. <gasps> ding, 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 ding. Beyond <laughs> Meat. The fake meat people. Yeah. And, right. And, quote, looks to reap the positive benefits of a more plant-based, less animal-based diet on both individuals and the environment. And here's another problem that I have, is that he himself writes, and this is in his uh, faculty profile there, Mm -hmm. that uh, in the past few years, the interests of my research group have shifted to include three additional areas of inquiry. Uh, One of these is stealth nutrition, which means... That for more effective and impactful dietary improvements to be realized, health professionals need to consider adding non-health-related approaches to their toolbox of strategies. Examples would be connections between food and one, global warming and climate change, two, animal rights and welfare, and three, human labor abuses, e.g. slaughterhouses. So, in my opinion, that is, you're mixing science with a social agenda exactly. or an environmental agenda or an animal rights agenda. And what it suggests is like, okay, you know, let's say, you know, this is controversial and maybe the science is, is, is susceptible to critique like I just did, but it's good for the planet. It's good for humanity. It's like this. It's- so I should counsel a patient say, oh, it's okay if your insulin is high. It's better for you to eat plant-based all the time. It's better for the planet. I call that I, I call that malpractice. Well, it's also that's know, what I call that. Yeah, and it's like okay, so you're. I didn't go based on that individual's biochemistry. I didn't go based on what their particular medical conditions are or anything. Right. I didn't take. I took planet Earth into account. Right. So you're you're frail. You're osteoporotic. So who am I treating? And you're. Dep- I'm treating the Earth now. Yeah, it's like better. It's like uh, saying, uh, you know, don't have a car. Uh, because it's better because for the you're planet. you're a pacifist. Yeah. Well, no, or you're climbing, you're climatologist <laughs> right, 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 or something right, like right. that. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, compromise your health, p- run the risk of becoming frail, osteoporotic, or suffering yeah. from depression, because these, are so, these conditions are associated with veganism. Absolutely now, they are. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't some vegans who are in the peak of health, and That's it can be true. very beneficial. It yes. may be that they're doing it right, that they're genetically suited for that. Yeah. You have to be very careful. You have to take supplementation. You have it. to because you will, as a matter of fact, become deficient yeah. in certain but, micronutrients. But is it one size fits all? No. For sure not. This study does not prove that. Uh, it, it got you know, uncritically accepted by the press. But then again, they're asleep at the switch. There are no critical thinkers, yeah. even at the major newspapers. Yeah. They just kind of... Uh, or they're just part of the propaganda machine. Well, they echo a, a press release. Look, yeah. they've got time deadlines. They'll take the press release. It's like it's like chat GPT doing your homework. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, it's pre-masticated science mm-hmm. that is handed to them uh, in a press release and they'll liberally quote from that yeah are they going to ask for a critic i don't see balanced reporting you know yeah because usually i mean if if you have like a controversial case you could say let's say you know there's there's a there's a court case 
uh, or there's a bill in Congress, and you're going to have like a statement about the pros and the cons mm -hmm. in correct journalism, the way I learned it in journal, junior high school. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like mm -hmm. get balanced. But with exactly. these these studies, it's just like uncritically accepted. Exactly. Yeah. End of rant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th this brings to mind uh, a patient I saw recently, a uh, college student, very bright young lady, had all kinds of skin issues, problems, things like that. Since she became a, I, don't, I forget what major she was, but it had to do with client, and she had all kinds of climate anxiety in okay. her college mm -hmm. coursework. Which a lot of kids have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is somebody it's I saw. Like on my, apocalyptic on my thinking. It's apocalyptic thinking, and I could tell her attitude, her energy, she was all about that. And we were talking about it's like, her It's food. like Greta, you know, screaming at exactly, the people. Exactly, exactly. Like so we were talking, I was pointing out the problem areas in her diet that may be contributing to what she's experiencing. But then again, like a knee-jerk reaction, she would go off about the climate and this and the environment, the environment, the environment. And I just sat and I asked her this very important question. What about your environment, yep. your internal environment, your microbiome, you, we're going to be gone. Right. And planet Earth is going to be here long after What about your ability to continue to advocate for yeah. uh, justice, for exactly. equity, for climate uh, right. causes? Mm -hmm. You know, if you are uh, tired, well. depressed, and not well, and yeah. your, your lifespan is curtailed, and you're, you know, you're less efficacious mm -hmm. as a biological entity. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, in harmonious uh, balance with the planet. Right. You know. Uh, right. You know. So, yeah. So here's here's another thing for vegans to hopefully reconcile. What do you think is food for the soil? The soil that grows all the produce that we're eating. What is food for the soil? It's blood and bone meal. What are we going to do now? <laughs> well, when we <laughs> stop we using now? animals for food, you know, we'll right. be eating cell cultures that are in, right. you know, some sort of uh, uh, factory that processes, uh, you know, animal protein. Right. You know, right. Like, we talked about those bioreactors. Exactly. And all of that, which is still right now very expensive and in its infancy, and who knows. It, it's not going to be scalable. It, it's not. It's. Anyway, yeah. so uh, <laughs> good. So, All right, so <clears throat> let's good point at which to pause. Yes, because uh, we want to uh, share an important piece of information from one of our sponsors. So listen up. Here goes. This holiday season, give the gift of decadent, high-flavanol dark chocolate to your loved ones. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular deaths. The FDA recently issued a qualified health claim saying that high-flavanol cocoa may help prevent cardiovascular disease. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline and improving mood. Flavonatural's Dark chocolate bars and cocoa powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor and minimal sugar. So this holiday season, do what I'll be doing and gift your loved ones with decadent dark chocolate that has the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. Just go to flavanaturals.com and use coupon code HOFFMAN20 for 20% off. 
site-wide. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $30. That's flavanaturals.com, coupon code HOFFMAN20 for 20% off now through December 10th. Get it in time for Christmas at flavanaturals.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine continuing free resource to you. And now uh, let's tackle some of our questions. Questions yes. come to questions at drhoffman.net. Okay. Uh, we've actually got a comment here from Louise, one of Louise's least favorite things. After looking in, in the wake of my in series, in the wake of your, your yeah. yeah, of Dr. Hoffman's least favorite things. After looking over your listings, Dr. Hoffman, I thought. <clears throat> I, I thought about something else. My pet peeve is doctors doing procedures on women that are highly invasive due to their age and not the problem at hand. One such example is a complete hysterectomy for women with fibroids. In their mind, after a certain age, you don't need the ovaries and uterus any longer, but I disagree with them. I would think severity of the problem should supersede the age of the patient yeah. Regarding a procedure. Well, regarding that, it, there used to be a time where if you had appendicitis, they'd take out your appendix, and then as an extra added bonus, they would give you a hysterectomy. Because while they were in there anyway, they were taking out the superfluous organ that if you were older than a certain age, you don't need anymore because you're past childbearing age. Wow. Uh, it, I don't think they're doing that a lot anymore, but uh, there's a lot of, you don't need this anymore You've got fibroids, let's take it out. Uh, but I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> Did you get to ask me while I was under anesthesia? Hey, oh it's my a, gosh. It's a, it, no, it's a freebie. It's a, free, <laughs> it's a freebie. Actually, it's not a freebie. It's not a freebie. We can bill the insurance company. Absolutely. You won't pay a penny. No, your insurance will. And yeah. your rates but, will go up. So, yeah. The, but the, there's also, in fibroids, I mean, fibroids sometimes are very hard to remove. Without a hysterectomy, sometimes they look little suspicious, like one in a thousand fibroids will yeah. turn into cancer. Uh, you know, the, they're called uh, lyo, uh, myomata. Mm -hmm. They can evolve into a dangerous type of cancer like lyosarcoma. So if there's any indication that it might be cancerous, there might be a reason for a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. You can usually do a myomectomy. <coughs> uh, you can also do these uh, artery tying, uh, or, you know, uh, embolism yeah. you know, procedures which shrink the fibroids. Mm -hmm. um, Cut off their blood supply so yeah. they don't grow. So there, there are ways mm -hmm. around it. Now, it, it, it's actually the ovaries that are more the issue. And you say, well, you know, you're in menopause, you don't need ovaries. Well, ovaries actually produce uh, the precursors to uh, a lot of sex hormones even after yeah. uh, menopause. So, they don't go to sleep So you completely. get like a, a menopause, the, the mother of all menopauses, if you have both normal menopause, and then you have your ovaries taken out. Yeah. It's a, it's a much more precipitous menopause. Mm -hmm. And so there, you know, there are problems associated with that. I mean, yes, the ovaries can be a source of a very serious type of cancer. There are abnormalities they have to come out. But, um, you know, there, I argue often for conservatism on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, invasive procedures. Louise, sometimes it could be a matter of... A matter of Follow the money? Well, here's another invasive procedure that a lot of women are subject to, mm. is a lot of women dutifully go for their annual GYN exam. Yes. At, when they're in their, you know, I could see it during your reproductive cycle, or mm -hmm. if you had some abnormalities, maybe you've had HPV, or you had cervical dysplasia, that we can yeah. prevent cervical cancer. Yeah. But 
uh, do you go for an annual, you know, jump up on the table, put your feet in the stirrups, and we're going to put the speculum in there and take a look when you're 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. Mm. And this is actually criticized by uh, some of the organizations in medicine that try to cut back on unnecessary procedures. Yeah. Once you've had normal pap smears. Like all your life. You, you don't need to keep getting them. Right. Unless you've had an abnormality yeah. or unless you have something new. Like all of a sudden, like you're, you're, you you know, you have spotting on your underwear of blood. Yeah. Well, then yes, Follow let's up. check it out. Yeah. Follow it. You know, like could, you know, you might even need a pelvic ultrasound, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to look at the uterus to see is there, you know, the lining of the uterus is it showing precancerous change? What's happening? Yeah. What's going on? So, um, yeah, yeah, that's another I mean, less invasive, obviously, than a hysterectomy, but it's it's an abuse. Right. It's an abuse. Right. Um, Do you need a mammogram at eighty-five? Yeah. No. Exactly. You Can you a, cut back on that? You know, yeah. this is, would be like your your twenty-fifth or thirtieth mammogram. Um, yeah. How much radiation? How much radiation do we want? Really want before we start? We start blaming the radiation for right. any ensuing cancer. Where, where right? there is actually a slightly increased risk. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway, so all right. Good point, which to pause because as our listeners know, we try to t- answer as many questions, but uh, wow. we'll answer more questions in part two. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Give us a preview of what we're going to tackle in part two, Layla. I've heard some negative press on strontium. Do you have any thoughts on it? And isn't HRT good for my bones? Yeah. Okay. We'll tackle that question when we return. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, this is our weekly Q&A with Layla. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. And thank you for uh, continuing to fill our mailbox. We'll be right back. <laughs> 